Deuteronomy 1 through 4. These are the sermons Moses preached to all Israel when they were east of the Jordan River in the Arba wilderness, opposite Suf, in the vicinity of Paran, Tefel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dizarhab. It takes 11 days to travel from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea, following the Mount Seir route. It was on the first day of the 11th month of the 40th year when Moses addressed the people of Israel, telling them everything God had commanded them and concerning them. This came after he had defeated Sihon, king of the Amorites, who ruled the Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, who ruled from Ashtaroth in Edri. It was east of the Jordan in the land of Moab that Moses set out to explain this revelation. He said, Back at Horeb, God, our God, spoke to us. You've stayed long enough at this mountain. On your way now, get moving. Head for the Amorite hills. Wherever people are living in the Arabah, the mountains, the foothills, the Negev, the seashore, the Canaanite country, and the Lebanon, all the way to the big river, the Euphrates. Look, I've given you this land. Now go in and take it. It's the land God promised to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and their children after them. At the time I told you, I can't do this, can't carry you all by myself. God, your God, has multiplied your numbers. Why look at you, you rival the stars in the sky. And may God, the God of your fathers, keep it up and multiply you another thousand times. Bless you just as he promised. But how can I carry all by myself your troubles and burdens and quarrels? So select some wise understanding and seasoned men from your tribes and I will commission them as your leaders. You answered me, good, a good solution. So I went ahead and took the top men of your tribes, wise and seasoned, and made them your leaders. Leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. Officials adequate for each of your tribes. At the same time, I gave orders to your judges. Listen carefully to complaints and accusations between your fellow Israelites. Judge fairly between each person and his fellow or foreigner. Don't play favorites. Treat the little and the big alike. Listen carefully to each. Don't be impressed by big names. This is God's judgment you're dealing with. Hard cases you can bring to me. I'll deal with them. I issued orders to you at that same time regarding everything you would have to deal with. Then we set out from Horeb and headed for the Amorite hill country, going through that huge and frightening wilderness that you've had more than an eyeful of by now all under the command of God our God. Then I told you, you've made it to the Amorite hill country that God our God is giving us. Look, God your God has placed this land as a gift before you. Go ahead and take it now. God, the God of your fathers, promised it to you. Don't be afraid and don't lose heart. But then you all came to me and said, let's send some men on ahead to scout out this land for us and bring back a report on the best route to take in the kinds of towns we can expect to find. That seemed like a good idea to me, so I picked 12 men one from each tribe. They set out climbing through the hills. They came to the valley and looked it over. They took samples of the produce of the land and brought them back to us, saying, It's a good land that God, our God, is giving us. But then you weren't willing to go up. You rebelled against God, your God's plain word. You complained in your tents. God hates us. He hauled us out of Egypt in order to dump us among the Amorites. A death sentence for sure. How can we go up? We're trapped in a dead end. Our brothers took all the wind out of our sails, telling us these people are bigger and stronger than we are. Their cities are huge. Their defense is massive. We even saw Anakite giants there. I tried to relieve your fears. Don't be terrified of them. God, your God, is leading the way and he's fighting for you. You saw with your own eyes what he did for you in Egypt. You saw what he did in the wilderness. How God, your God, carried you as a father carries his child. 
carried you the whole way until you arrived here. But now that you're here, you won't trust God, your God, this same God who goes ahead of you in your travels to scout out a place to pitch camp, a fire by night and a cloud by day to show you the way to go. When God heard what you said, he exploded in anger. He swore, not a single person of this evil generation is going to get so much as a look at the good land that I promised to give to your parents. Not one, except for Caleb. He'll see it. I'll give him and his descendants the land he walked on because he was all for following God, heart and soul. But I also got it. Because of your God's anger, because of you, God's anger spilled over to me. He said, you aren't getting in either. Your assistant, Joshua, will go in, build up his courage. He's the one who will claim the inheritance for Israel. And your babies, of whom you said, they'll be grabbed for plunder. And all these little kids who right now don't even know right from wrong, they'll get in. I'll give it to them. Yes, they'll be the new owners, but not you. Turn around and head back into the wilderness following the same route. You spoke up. We've sinned against God. We'll go up and fight following all the orders that God our God has commanded. You took your weapons and dressed for battle. You thought it would be so easy going in those hills. But God told me, tell them, don't do it. Don't go up to fight. I am not with you in this. Your enemies will waste you. I told you, but you wouldn't listen. You rebelled at the plain word of God. You threw out your chests and strutted into the hills. And those Amorites who had lived in the hills all their lives swarmed all over you like a hive of bees, chasing you all the way to Hormah, a stinging defeat. You came back and wept in the presence of God, but he didn't pay a bit of attention to you. God, God didn't give you the time of day. You stayed there in Kadesh a long time, about as long as you had stayed there earlier. Then we turned around and went back into the wilderness, following the route to the Red Sea as God had instructed. We worked our way in and around the hills of Seir for a long, long time. And then God said, You've been going around in circles in these hills long enough. Go north. Command the people you're about to cut through the land belonging to your relatives, the people of Esau who settled in Seir. They are terrified of you, but restrain yourselves. Don't try and start a fight. I'm not giving you so much as a square inch of their land. I've already given all the hill country of Seir to Esau. He owns it all. Pay them up front for any food and water you get from them. God, your God, has blessed you in everything you have done. He has guarded you in your travels through this immense wilderness. For 40 years now, God, your God, has been right here with you. You haven't lacked one thing. So we detoured around our brothers, the people of Esau who lived in Seir, avoiding that road that comes up from Elath. Instead, we used the road through the wilderness of Moab. God told me, and don't try to pick a fight with the Moabites. I'm not giving you any of their land. I've given ownership of Ar to the people of Lot. The Emites, or monsters, used to live there. Mobs of hulking giants, like Anakites. Along with the Anakites, they were lumped in with the Rephites, which means ghosts. But in Moab, they were called Emites. Horites also used the land in Seir, but the descendants of Esau took over and destroyed them the same as Israel did in the land God gave them to possess. God said, it's time now to cross the brook Zered. So we crossed. It took us 38 years to get from Kadesh to the brook Zered. That's how long it took for the entire generation of soldiers from the camp to die off, as God had sworn they would. God was relentless against them until the last one was gone from the camp. When the last of these soldiers had died, God said to me, this is the day you can cross the territory of Moab. When you approach the people of Ammon, don't try and pick a fight with them because I'm not giving you any of the land of the people of Ammon for yourselves. I've already given it to the people of Lot. 
On your feet now, get started. Cross the brook Arnon. Look, here's Sihon, the Amorite king of Heshbon and his land. I'm handing that over to you. It's all yours. Go ahead and take it. Go to war with him. Before the day is out, I'll make sure that all the people around here are thoroughly terrified. Rumors of you are going to spread like wildfire. They'll totally panic. From the wilderness of Kedemoth, I sent messengers to Sahan, king of Heshbon. They carried a friendly message. Let me cross through your land on the highway. I'll stay right here on the highway. I won't trespass right or left. I'll pay you for any food or water we might need. Let me walk through. The people of Esau who live in Seir and the Moabites who live in Ar did this, helping me on my way until I can cross the Jordan and enter the land that God, our God, is giving us. But Sihon, king of Heshbon, wouldn't let us cross his land. God, your God, turned his spirit mean and his heart hard so he could hand him over to you, as you can see that he has done. Then God said to me, Look, I've got the ball rolling. Sihon and his land are soon yours. Go ahead, take it. It's practically yours. So Sihon and his entire army confronted us in the battle of Jahaz. God handed him, his sons, and his entire army over to us, and we utterly crushed them. While we were at it, we captured all his towns and totally destroyed them. A holy destruction. Men, women, and children, no survivors. We took the livestock and the plunder from the towns we had captured and carried them off for ourselves. The only land you didn't take, obeying God's command, was the land of the people of Ammon, the land along the Jabbok and around the cities in the hills. Then we took north and took the road to Bashan. Og, king of Bashan, he said, he and all his people came out to meet us. God said to me, Don't be afraid of him. I'm turning him over to you, along with his whole army and his land. Treat him the way you treated the other kings. So God our God also handed Og, king of Bashan, over to us. Og and all his people, and we utterly crushed them. Again, no survivors. At the same time, we took all his cities. There wasn't one of the 60 cities that we didn't take. The whole region of Argob, Og's kingdom in Bashan. All these cities were fortress cities with high walls and barred gates. There were also numerous unwalled villages. We utterly destroyed them, a holy destruction. It was the same treatment we gave to Sahan, king of Heshbon, a holy destruction of every city, man, woman, and child, but all the livestock and plunder from the cities we took for ourselves. Throughout that time, we took the land from under the control of the two kings of the Amorites who ruled the country east of the Jordan, all the way from Brook Arnon to Mount Hermon. Of the land that we possessed at this time, I gave the Reubenites and the Gadites the territory north of Aor along the brook Arnon and half of the hill country of Gilead with its towns. I gave the half-tribe of Manasseh to the rest of Gilead and all of Bashan, Og's kingdom, all the region of Argob, which takes in all of Bashan. This used to be known as the land of the Rephates. Jar, a son of Manasseh, got the region of Argob to the borders of the Gesherites, he named the Bashan villages after himself. I gave Gilead to Makir. I commanded you at that time, God your God is giving you this land to possess. Your men, fit and armed for the fight, are to cross the river in advance of their brothers, the people of Israel. Only your wives, children, and livestock, I know you have much, may go ahead and settle down in the towns I've already given you until God secures living space for your brothers, as he has for you, and they have taken possession of the country west of the Jordan that God, your God, is giving them. After that, each man may return to the land I've given you here. I commanded Joshua at that time, you've seen with your own eyes everything God, your God, has done to these kings. God is going to do the same to all the kingdoms over there across the river where you're headed. 
Don't be afraid of them. God, you are God. He's fighting for you. At that same time, I beg God. God, my master, you let me in on the beginning. You let me in on your greatness. You let me see your might. What God in heaven or earth can do anything like you've done? Please let me also in on these endings. Let me cross the river and see the good land over the Jordan. But God was still angry with me because of you, and he wouldn't listen. He said, Enough of that. Not another word from you on this. And then he commanded Joshua, Give him courage. Give him strength. Single-handedly, he will lead the people across the river. Single-handed, he'll cause them to inherit the land at which you may only look. And that's why we have stayed in the valley. Now listen, Israel. Listen carefully to the rules and regulations that I'm teaching you so that you may live and enter and take possession of the land that God, the God of your fathers, is giving to you. Don't add a word to what I command you and don't remove a word from it. Keep the commands of God, your God, that I'm commanding you. Pay attention. I'm teaching you the rules and regulations that God commanded you, me so that you may live by them in the land you are entering to take up ownership. Keep them. Practice them. You'll become wise and understanding. When people hear and see what's going on, they'll say, What a great nation. So wise. So understanding. We've never seen anything like it. Yes, what other great nation has gods that are intimate with them the way God, our God, is with us, always ready to listen? What other great nation has rules and regulations as good as fair as this revelation that I'm setting before you today? Just make sure you stay alert. Keep close watch over yourselves. Don't forget anything you've seen. Don't let your heart wander off. Stay vigilant, vigilant as long as you live. Teach what you've seen and heard to your children and grandchildren. That day when you stood before God, your God, at Horeb, God said to me, Assemble the people in my presence to listen to my words so that they will learn to fear me in holy fear for as long as they live in the land, and they will teach these same words to their children. You gathered. You stood in the shadow of the mountain. The mountain was ablaze with fire blazing high into the very heart of heaven. You stood in deep darkness and thick clouds. God spoke to you out of the fire. You heard the sound of the words, but you saw nothing, no form, only a voice. He announced his covenant, the ten words by which he commanded you to live, and then he wrote them down on two slabs of stone. And God commanded me at that time to teach you the rules and regulations that are you to live by in the land which you are crossing to possess. You saw no form on the day God spoke to you at Horeb from out of the fire. Remember that. Carefully guard yourselves so that you don't turn corrupt and make a form, carving a figure that looks male or female or looks like a prowling animal or a flying bird or a slithering snake or a fish in the stream. And also carefully guard yourselves so you don't look up into the skies and see the sun and moon and stars all the constellations of the skies and be seduced into worshiping and serving them. God set out for everybody's benefit everywhere. But you, God took you right out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt, to become the people of his inheritance. And that's what you are to this very day. But God was angry with me because of you and the things you said. He swore that I'd never cross the Jordan, never get to enter the good land that God, your God, is giving you as an inheritance. This means that I'm going to die here. I'm not crossing the Jordan, but you will cross, and you'll possess the good land. So stay alert. Don't for a minute forget the covenant which God, your God, made with you. Don't take up with any carved images, no forms of any kind. God, your God, issued clear commands on that. God is not to be trifled with. He's a consuming fire, a jealous God. When the time comes that you have children and grandchildren, put on years and start taking things for granted. If you then become corrupt and make any carved images, no matter what their form, by doing what is sheer evil in God's eyes and provoking his anger, 
I can tell you right now, with heaven and earth as witnesses, that it will be all over for you. You'll be kicked off the land you're about to cross over the Jordan to possess. Believe me, you'll still have a very short stay there. You'll be ruined, completely ruined. God will scatter you far and wide. A few of you will survive here and there in the nations where God will drive you. There you can worship your homemade gods to your heart's content, your wonderful gods of wood and stone that can't see or hear or eat or smell. But even there, if you seek God, your God, you'll be able to find him in your serious, looking for him with your whole heart and soul. When troubles come and all these awful things happen to you, in future days you will come back to God, your God, and listen obediently to what he says. God, your God, is above all a compassionate God. In the end, he will not abandon you. He won't bring you to ruin. He won't forget the covenant with your ancestors, which he swore to them. Ask questions. Find out what has been going on all these years before you were born. From the day God created man and woman on earth and from the horizon in the east to the horizon in the west, as far back as you can imagine and as far away as you can imagine, he has a great thing. And has anything like this ever happened? Has anyone ever heard of such a thing? Has a people ever heard as you did a God speaking out of the middle of a fire and lived to tell the story? Or has a God ever tried to select for himself a nation from within a nation using trials, miracles, and more? Putting his strong hand in, reaching his long arm out, a spectacle awesome and staggering, the way that your God did for you in Egypt while you stood right there and watched. You were shown all this so that you would know that God is, well, God. He's the only God there is. He's it. He made it possible for you to hear his voice out of heaven to discipline you. Down on earth, he showed you the big fire, and again you heard his words, this time out of the fire. He loved your ancestors and chose to work with their children. He personally and powerfully brought you out of Egypt in order to displace bigger and stronger and older nations with you, bringing you out and turning their land over to you as an inheritance. And now it's happening this very day. Know this well then, take it to heart right now. God is in heaven above, God is on earth below. He's the only God there is. Obediently live by his rules and commands, which I'm giving you today so that you'll live well and your children after you. Oh, you'll live a long time in the land that God, your God, is giving you. Then Moses set aside three towns in the country on the east side of the Jordan to which someone who had unintentionally killed a person could flee and find refuge. If the murder was unintentional and there was no history of bad blood, the murderer could flee to one of these cities and save his life. Bazir in the wilderness on the tableland for the Reubenites, Ramoth and Gilead for the Gadites, and Golan and Bashan for the Manasites. This is the revelation that Moses presented to the people of Israel. These are the testimonies, the rules, and regulations Moses spoke to the people of Israel after their exodus from Egypt and arrival on the east side of the Jordan in the valley. It was the country of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who ruled. So we start in Deuteronomy, and of course back to the story of Moses, and he is recounting um, now that the Israelites have been in the wilderness for 40 years after they fled Egypt, he's recounting um, through a sermon of some kind all the things that they've been through and reminding them over and over of how many times that God has come through for them. And my favorite thing that he keeps saying is, God, your God. And he reminds them that this God is a real being who can see and hear and smell and not something made of wood like the other nations were serving. He continues to stand out as God, your God, and 
to remind them that he is the only one who could do the miraculous things he has done thus far in their lives.